Hello and welcome to Delude, the Melbourne Demons podcast. What a weekend, Nitz. The dogs lose, Bruce has gone for the season, the cats lose, Dangerfield's injured, and we secure a top four spot. There's a lightning bolt moment. It yeah. was, it, it was had it all. I know. Well, it looked like um, West Coast were actually going to run us down hmm. in that final five minutes. Were you a bit worried? Post lightning bolt. Post lightning bolt, they were extraordinary. I wasn't really worried, but it did start to get close. I was quite worried. I just thought that they looked like they had all the momentum. Hmm. Everything was going their way. Obviously, the umpires were going their way, which is just consistent Standard, with how yeah. yeah West Coast umpiring is. Um, it's really extraordinary to me how. Uh, West Coast well, umpires in in Optus Stadium are just so impacted and affected by the crowd. Yeah, I think it's just human nature. You know, people like validation, and it's probably quite nice to get a lot of people cheering for you, even if you're trying to insulate yourself from that. But it's extraordinary because the free kick count. I remember at one point just looking at it, and it was, there was such a differential, despite the fact that West Coast were clearly behind in the game and were clearly second to the ball each time. Hmm. Yeah, look, it wasn't ideal, but we managed to defy that. And that's why it's such a heartening win, you know. Um, like, this was a really important game and the kind of game that an old Melbourne would have dropped. Definitely. But they showed such great resilience. And, look, we have to talk about some of the unexpected heroes from the game. Mm. Alex Neil Bullen, or Neil Bourne, as is referred to by our dear friend and listener of this podcast, Aaron Rascala. Yeah, he was great. One of your most hated players. Oh, I think Kieran, it's don't say. say most hated. That sounds very negative. Okay. Well, it's maybe someone you didn't warm to over the past That's a better way of putting years. it, yeah. But he really stood up. I thought, he really did. Eight tackles. Yeah. Um, he was brilliant. He really was Score quite amazing. Score involvements and just the finishing. And it comes back to that the point. That snap. Yeah, it was crucial. It comes back to the point we were discussing last week, which is we overanalyze this stuff so much, but so much of it is finishing. You know, in that third quarter – we were just, you know, really, really accurate with some quite tough shots. And West Coast, when they had their opportunities, especially in the second quarter, they just kept missing the easy ones. Well, we did miss a couple of, of easier ones. I know, obviously, Luke Jackson missed one, which was kind of would have been the icing on the cake. I think Ben Brown, he played a great game, but he did miss a couple. Um, sure. But but I think especially in the third quarter when the game was to be won, right. you know, Neil Bullen and Melksham, another one who's really been on the fringes and, frankly, I think is always the player who's next to be dropped – he was, you know, had two crucial goals. Very know. important goals. Very, very important goals. Harms, 25 touches. He's been playing uh, quite a great role since his return to the team. Yeah, totally. And he's another player that, that you know, can be pushed out quite easily if things aren't going well, but um, just stood up and, and his his goal from 50 on the run was absolutely crucial. Definitely. How about Petrarca's kick, though, in the yeah. first quarter? Petrarca was good. I was very surprised to see that he got the full coach's votes. I have to say, I did not think he was the best player. Did the you ground. think it should have gone to Clayton Oliver? Yeah, I do. I think I think Clayton Oliver's attack, especially at that last stoppage where that last stoppage yeah. where he just bulldozed his way past Dom Sheed. He made Dom Sheed yeah. look weak. He was phenomenal, and he had twenty-one contested possessions despite being tagged by Hutchins. Um, I don't know. For me, he played better. And even someone like Neil Bullen, who I think, you know, was so crucial in turning the game. I don't know. Like, I, I love Petrarca as much as anyone, but I, I was quite surprised that he got the, mm. uh, the coach's vote. So he obviously played well, right. as he always does. But Clary is still on top of the, um, is on top of the coach's votes ladder at the moment. Right. He's above Bond. Um, so it'll yeah. be so fascinating to see what happens Brownlow night because, you know, there's definitely been some games this year where I feel like maybe Clayton Oliver hasn't gotten the kudos that he deserves hmm. um, for some of his performances. Uh, but, 
Yeah, it'll just be fascinating to see how the umpires actually view his performances, particularly in comparison to Petrarca's this year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He, he was brilliant. But just at the, at the team level, I think the thing for me that was really heartening is this is really the first game we've had meaningful outs. Mm. I mean, Tom McDonald is just a massive out for our forward line. Mm. Um, and then Viney, who, you know, has been a little bit up and down, but in like a wet day, this, this game was Perfect made for Viney him. conditions, absolutely, made definitely. And with the, the, the two of them out, obviously Could have sent him to Elliot Yo. Well. Yeah, um, right. You know, because Elliot Lo- Yo did play a great game, and so you really could have sent him to him just to sort of nullify his influence a bit. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, we have to talk about Ben Brown because somebody who I have not been that sort of warm to, I have not warmed to, let's put it that way. I love mm. that that's become like our new euphemism, but has been Ben Brown, but he's really established himself in the team. Yeah. Um, look, Maybe I should eat my words because it might just be the case that he needed a bit more time um, to really grow and galvanize with the team, but he's showing a lot right now. He is showing a lot, absolutely. And But I do think it's still a little bit of an open question of how him and Tom McDonald work together because you never know. Maybe he actually prefers being the kind of the main man without another big key forward next to him. Mm. Um, so that's something we'll have to see because obviously Tom McDonald is going to play. Um, but I, the, the balance between the two of them, you know, they did it well against Gold Coast. I still think that's something that we need to see a little bit more of. Um, and Fritsch had a quieter game this time. Yeah. What do we think about Wiedemann? Is Wiedemann completely cooked now? Because I was pretty stunned to see that when Tom McDonald went out, they chose to go with James Jordan. And maybe that's just because the wet conditions meant that it was never going to be a great day for big forwards. But it was interesting to me that they, they just chose to go small. Yeah, I I don't read too much into it. I really don't think having another big key forward um, was the right move in those conditions. In a way, Tom McDonald being injured might not have hurt us that much, you know, because it forced us to play a more kind of agile forward line. So, you know, I think Wiedemann is just, he's he's fine. He's, he's you know, I don't think he's completely out. If Brown ever slips in form, he'll be right in play. Um, Do you think he stays at the club? Given that there are other teams that are circling and that even when Tom McDonald is injured, it seems like they don't want to play him. I think it's more in our interest than in his interest to stay at the club. Mm. I think he's a very useful backup key forward. Um, and I do think that eventually he'll come good. Um, but if I were him, I would absolutely leave and try and get guaranteed opportunities at a club where I could play every week. Right. Yeah. So would I. Right. Um, Neitz, what do you make of Harrison Petty? Oh, there's just so much joy in your voice yeah. when you're asking me this question. Just, we have a long list of players that you didn't rate who are coming good. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be the theme Maybe of this Maybe this suggests that I'm not great at recruitment. <laughs> so, okay, I will be, I'm going to put it out there. Harrison Petty is playing better than Tomlinson. Yeah. Harrison Petty, he's playing at some, in some games he's played better than Lever and May. Yeah. He's just so I'm strong. Stunned. I'm he? completely yeah. stunned. And he's, he's under 22. I did not realize that until we saw the list of the squad of under 22 players, of which we have five of them, which mm. is very exciting. But I'm in, I'm astounded. I'm honestly astounded. He's also a beautiful kick, yeah. which I did not appreciate at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Again, he probably had one of the worst uh, debuts I've ever seen. And I remember his kicking in that game. You'd remember it fondly. Hmm. Yeah, I think he managed to miss the ball when he was trying to kick a drop punt. Correct. Under no pressure. Um, Correct. But- so I didn't really think that much of the the rise of Harrison Petty, but I am I am he's just he's basically become your favorite player now. I think he's brilliant. He he's almost, he honestly almost, almost never loses a contest. He never loses a contest. He's so yeah. reliable. Yeah. His kicking is is excellent, and he's become, he looks like a two hundred game player. He does. Yeah. He looks very assured, and he's also what I love about him. He's become a real attacking force as well. It's mm. not. 
I thought that he would come in and a little bit similar to Tomlinson play a very strong negating role and um, and just basically allow Lever and May to do their thing, um, particularly Lever mm. when it comes to being a very attacking um, uh, attacking defender. But Harrison Petty is becoming that player now and it's really a joy to watch, I have to say. Yeah, it's absolutely sensational. Um, and the way he's filled this role is, I think, stronger than any Melbourne supporter could have dreamed. And it's a real testament, I think, to the coaching that they managed to get him up to speed to this level. Um, on Tomlinson, though, did you see the video that's posted of his first run? Um, he did his first run after his knee through the, uh, you know, the huddle of the boys with lots of cheering and stuff. I love those things. I, I love it as well. You know, you just, yeah. you know how hard it is for athletes when they go through these sort of long-term injuries. Yeah. Um, especially just knowing that you have this very, particularly AFL, you have such a finite amount of time in the game. And this could be a premiership year. That's yeah. That's thing, you know, you don't get many opportunities. So it's great to see he's back running um, and, you know, wish him well. But I tell you what, it's going to be tricky to get back into this team it's once again. Extraordinarily hard. And we have to talk about our ruck stocks because mm. uh, you and I have obviously nicknamed Luke Jackson Redefine. Mm. And he's redefining not just the game, but like he's redefining our lives. He's <laughs> redefining our experience of watching football. This is becoming yeah. quite a spiritual awakening for us. Yeah. He's probably, I'm interested in what other fans think about the, the favorite thing for them watching the game. What is the thing that they look at for, even if it's a grim, you know, dull struggle at the MCG? For me, it's just watching Luke Jackson. Honestly, you know? I have to admit, I agree. Yeah. Jacko is just sublime. Yeah. He, it's like after the Gold Coast game, he just got this unbelievable amount of confidence where he realized I'm actually really good at this game. And now, I mean, he's winning these marking contests that before he wouldn't have won, you know, you'd expect him to, you know, win some of those marking contests maybe in two or three years, but he's 19, Kieran. He's a baby. He's a child. Absolutely. And And he's playing like a 25 year old. And 21 touches, right? And that's what's so impressive about him. He's a high possession player. Um, and the more he becomes this kind of midfielder slash ruck, um, it's just so exciting. I just, does. it's funny because I, I know that we often talk about Cosy being this sort of once in a generation player and he is, right? He is. Cosy's extraordinary. His kick, um, at the, at quarter time, um, I think it was quarter time or three. No, might, might have been. It was at half time. It was a half time rather, um, was awesome and, yeah. you know, under really great pressure, but, Jacko is just, he just, there's something about him. I've never seen a player on our list like that at yeah. all. Yeah. He's looking really good. And look, there's still obviously plenty of improvement. And we should note that even a few weeks ago, we were thinking maybe he needed a rest. That's definitely um, true. Because he had several quiet games in a row. So like all young players, it's going to be up and down. But he just looks like he's he's had this realization the last couple of weeks. And if he can keep that going, um, that would be phenomenal. Because, you know, this is against Nick Nat and Vardy. It's a pretty tricky opposition. It's to, a really tricky opposition. To, to, to play second ruck. Um, but his athleticism, though, Kiz, is the thing that just really stuns me. He's just – he's so mobile and he's so agile and he just doesn't tire. So, hmm. you know, with a lot of ruckmen, they always look a little bit like they're lumbering. Um, and even this game, we should talk about it, you know – West Coast won the hitouts, but I do think that Gorn outplayed Nick Nat. Mm. And Nick Nat had a great Especially moment. Especially in that third quarter. Especially in that third quarter. Yeah. Nick Nat had a great moment when, after the lightning boil. Obviously, he kicked that goal, which was really crucial. But, um, but you know, you do see these other ruckmen, and they and Vardy especially, they just lumber a little bit, and they don't cover the ground particularly well. Jacko just looks like a gazelle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gazelle might be strong, but he really is just so no, smooth around the ground. It's extraordinary. Yeah, he's a very special player. Um on to another young player, uh, Jake Bowie. 
I don't even know. I cannot pronounce his name. Bowie or Bowie? Bowie. Please, can someone in our podcast universe let us know what the correct pronunciation is? It just doesn't roll off the tongue for me. No. um, Do you think his kind of accomplished performances have meant that Hibbard might not play finals? Astoundingly, perhaps. I mean, the only thing is is that Jaden Hunt is going out of the team this week. So I think Hibbard will come back in. But the truth is, is Bowie or Bowie or whichever – permutation of a name you go with is yeah. just he's he's keeping like I mean Neville Jetta won't definitely won't play finals I think now hmm. unless um, there's an injury unless there's an injury I can't really see how Jones gets back into the team hmm. um, but basically Bowie's emergence has just meant that you know it's just come out of nowhere really yeah 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 He's so calm. He's so smooth. I mean, he obviously made that one mistake late. It wasn't a great mistake getting run down holding the ball. Yeah. But, you know, 21 possessions, you know, in the cauldron of Optus Stadium. Just love the way he plays. Yeah. And and all of these defenders come in and just seem really, really calm and assured. It's interesting, actually. We do have a lot of young defenders who just look extremely relaxed. Yeah. And like they've played 200 games. I mean, Rivers is exactly the same. Exactly. And we should talk about- And Petty. I mean, we should talk about the fact that we've got five players in the best 22 under 22 in the AFL, which is amazing. I mean, Gold Coast has a similar number, but- That's just for this week or is that for the whole year? No, that's for the- That's the 22 under 22 squad for the year. Okay. And so we've got, uh, obviously, Rivers, Jacko, Cozzy. Jacko's the only Ruckman. That's, oh, well, Oscar Allen is listed as a Ruckman with Jacko, but I think that Jacko's clearly the Ruckman. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Jacko, Cozzy, uh, Jordan, um, Rivers, and Petty. Mm-hmm. So it's a really incredible um, stock of talent in that 22 under 22 and gives you so much cause for optimism for the future. Right, exactly. And I think we all would have thought that maybe we'd have three of those, the high draft picks, but the other two are the bonuses, you know, Jordan and Petty. And then you've got, um, of course, Bowie, who hasn't played enough games, I'm sure, to qualify for that, but but he looks like he's at that level. Well, it's interesting to me because – you know, I was always of the view, which was, which I'm sure a lot of us are, which is you can't really have a premiership, dare I say it, a premiership winning team or premiership contending team without, you know, most of your players in the sort of 25 to 26 age bracket. We're doing it with, we've got five players who are in the team mm. who are 22 and under. Yeah. So they're very young. Um, and this is a little bit, you know, there's, a, there's, you know, obviously we've got a very, we've got a lot of older players in the team as well, but this is a very, very well balanced team age, age wise. It's not too sort of young and it's not too old. It's not really like the sort of Hawthorne team, um, of, you know, or the Geelong team of, um, of their hate, of their heyday. Yeah. It's very exciting, but I think we should be open to the fact it could be a bit of a vulnerability for this final series, right? It's amazing for the future, but. The truth is a lot of these players haven't had these experiences and, you know, they've been rising to the challenge again and again, but you never know what's going to happen uh, in a big final. So I guess we'll have to see. But so far, they look very much up to the challenge. Incredible. Um, so looking forward, Needs, we now have a top four spot guaranteed. Yes. And it's really about where we end up in the top four. The slightly strange thing, I think, is that given uh, somewhat indifferent performances at the MCG, Maybe it wouldn't be a disaster if we play the Bulldogs at Marvel, for example. 
No, not at all. I mean, the finals if we happen to finish third. For sure, for sure. I mean, I don't think we don't want to be an Adelaide Oval, but then again, we're very good on the road team. Totally. I'm just not really that concerned. I mean, the thing about the MCG, which is a bit of a shame, is that we won't have the benefit of the crowd. It doesn't look like we would have the benefit of the crowd. Sure, which is which is the point, right? Which is the point. And so I can imagine playing at the MCG, having this, you know, like obviously we weren't there, and it still sort of shatters us that we weren't there. But you know, that Mitch Hannon goal when he's running down the wing to kick us into like when we beat Geelong that was pretty special and I can imagine the crowd noise and after the Hawthorne win I mean that was sort of a deafening sort of environment and mm. it would have just been incredible to be able to simulate that um, but you know it doesn't sound like that will be there anyway so I'm not really sure what benefit we're missing out on by not playing at the MCG but interested in hearing everyone's thoughts on that yeah I think we we don't want to play the Cats at their home stadium, even, even though they, they've lost a couple of games there. I just think that's a bad matchup for us. Beyond that, though, I'm really not that stressed. Even if somehow Port Adelaide finished above us and we played them at their home ground, we've already beaten them there. We've beaten the Bulldogs at Marvel. I think it's in a, in a lot of ways, it's just about keeping the injuries down, making sure we don't flirt with our form too much. Um, and that's why this Adelaide game is kind of interesting because I guess last time we came in thinking we would absolutely destroy them and then we lost. Yeah. I think without Tex, we should be pretty safe. This well, way, we but. should talk about that Tex incident. Mm. What did you make of it all, including the apology video? Oof. I mean, it's obviously obviously a, a pretty heinous incident. It's kind of remarkable that a guy who was a captain of a club um, would act in such a way in 2021 given all of the issues relating to Indigenous players that the Crows have already had. I mean, it's extraordinary to me. I just, I can't really believe that somebody who gets regular sort of training on racial justice issues and racism Mm. um, pretty much probably on like a regular basis could be using that kind of language. I don't even know how you think, like, for me, it's more just like, I don't even know how that word even comes out of your mouth or that those words even come out of your mouth, honestly. Yeah, shocking. And six weeks seems pretty light to me. Yeah, well, it's interesting to hear that the Players Association were pushing for less. Mm. Um, And, you know, we hear that one of our dear friends of the podcast, who we love very much, Sam McClure, was the person who actually broke the story Mm. and is sort of doing his best to hold that club to account. I'm not sure how many friends he'd have in Adelaide, given that he's constantly exposing Adelaide's um, sort of racial vilification issues, but um, but it's great reporting. Right? It's great yeah. reporting, and honestly, such a testament to to Sam's great skills as a journalist. So, congratulations to Sam. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, look, the apology video. I mean, I don't know. Like, I found it pretty awkward. It is pretty awkward. I mean, look, I do believe in the possibility of redemption when people are really well. Sorry you're a public defender. I am a public defender through and through, um, and so you know, I hope that he can go away and really for sure learn from that. Um, the thing that's that's sad to watch is it feels like every time this stuff happens that like, you know, in this case the victim, the the indigenous player has to front up and stand by the person. And obviously he didn't have to do that, but that's you know, it's just a huge emotional load for I think a victim so. to have to bear. Yeah. Um but very, very noble by by Robbie Young to be there. Well, I do agree with one point that was raised on the Age Real Footy podcast, which is that it seems to me that they do have like a tougher sanction on members of the public being racist than they do on individuals being racist um, within their own clubs. Mm. And that's the thing. If somebody went to the football and called Eddie Betts those words, 
they would yeah. be banned from that club and they would have to for rescind at least their, a year, for at least a year they'd have to rescind their membership and they wouldn't be allowed to the football and tex only gets six weeks yeah. so for me i don't really understand the consistency there no i agree i agree um but needs on the game very quickly so riley o'brien is out right they don't have a ruckman they don't have tex their best forward they don't have matt crouch um surely we're going to win this well, you'd hope so, but, you know, we haven't necessarily been amazing against uh, lower-ranked teams, but I right. think we will win this one. I think, I think Tex a, really was. have got a bit of confidence up as well now. Yeah, yeah, and Tex really was the difference last time they played. Yeah. Um, and not having a Ruckman is pretty, is pretty problematic against um, this midfield. Exactly. So I don't really mind too much what happens in this game other than just that we win. Like, you know, we don't have to destroy them. I don't think our percentage really matters given the draw. No. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say we're going to – I actually think it might be close-ish for a while. I think Adelaide played really well against Port. We were watching some of that game. Um, I I think we'll maybe win by 20 or 30 points. I agree middle. with that. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you all for joining Deluded again. Um, it's been such a pleasure as always. Um, and we will join you next week after the Adelaide game. Go Dees. Go Dees. Go Dees.